Hi, it's Dwyer, September 13th, 2023. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Let's talk middleweight division. Let's talk about the title unification match between El Capo, Vincenzo Galtieri, and the man I consider to be the best in the division, Janabak Alem Kanuli. But first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. So, Janabek was watching the end of the Chris Eubank, Liam Smith fight. Eubank, of course, is putting on a masterpiece. Eubank closes the show. Eubank is box office in the division. Even for the rematch, Eubank got more than a million dollars. So there was Eubank after the fight. John Beck was hoping Eubank would start calling out the best at 160 pounds. Right? Understand the middleweight division is one of boxing's legendary divisions. So, of course, Eubank then starts calling out names. He mentions Connor Ban. I believe he mentioned Kel Brook. He did not mention either Vincenzo Galtieri or Janabek Alim Kaluli. Janabek was disappointed. I need for people to figure out that you have a group of fighters who view being a prize fighter as going for the monetary prize, not the title. Right? Some of these guys have had titles in the past, but they aren't interested in getting the title now because the title comes with handcuffs, doesn't it? Some sanctioning body is going to come out of the hedges and they're going to say, hey, you need to fight our mandatory. You're going to get pressure from sanctioning bodies. If you're just a mercenary like Gervonta Davis at 135 pounds, then you can take the Ryan Garcia fight, knowing that Garcia is incredibly popular in social media, and you can net more money than the guys with belts at 135 have ever made for any fight. Right? Understand, Devin Haney traveled halfway around the globe. He went to Australia to fight for the title twice. He never made the money. Gervonta Davis made fighting Ryan Garcia. And understand, Garcia had to lose weight to fight close to Gervonta Davis's division. Right? The contract had catchweight language in it. So now we have Chris Eubank. And Eubank wants to fight a guy who has had problems on these performance-enhancing drug tests, right? Everyone has an explanation as to why Conor Ben has had problems. Let me just say this. You look at Conor Ben fights, he doesn't look like Gervonta Davis, 
right? You, you don't get the feeling that Conor Ben is a force of nature. And of course, Conor Ben is supposed to be gaining two weight classes to fight Chris Eubank. No one watching this video, I'm sure, considers that the same as Jamel Charlo gaining two weight classes to fight Canelo. By the way, Chris Eubank needs to pay close attention to that fight because both of those guys have titles. So let's talk about what's really happening at 160, and it's not a Eubank versus Conor Ben fight. Let me also say, too, I'm embarrassed for boxing. And I mean this. When a bigwig, an Eddie Hearn, ignores the actual champions, both of, of these guys, uh, Galtieri and uh, Janabek have titles. It's embarrassing. It discredits the sport. When a major promoter is trying to tell you that a Chris Eubank, Connor Ben fight is huge. Folks, Connor Ben is a non factor at 160. Right? I'm sure there are many people watching this video who are not surprised that he has taken shortcuts. Right? What's his signature win? A win over Chris Algieri or someone like that? So let's get serious here. Let's talk about two guys who are near the best at 160 pounds, where it's not all about the money. It's about the title. And I don't mean to fault guys who are all about the money. Boxing careers are short, right? Get it while you can. But let's not confuse that with actual championship boxing. So El Capo, Vincenzo Galtieri, he's an ambush fighter, right? He's a charisma fighter. He comes in the ring, he has that extra step. He has that extra attitude. Great legs. He likes to jump in and out of the pocket. He's slick. In other words, he not only makes you miss, but he needs to look good making you miss. Right? There's some Ray Leonard in him in terms of attitude. But that's where it ends. Because you and I understand that Ray Leonard actually knocked out more than 60% of his opponents. By contrast, Galtieri only has seven KOs in 22 fights. He does not have great power. Now, he beat a Robert Garcia fighter, an Olympic silver medalist, Falco. But let's understand that Falco was 33 years old. Falco was going to be on his front foot in the fight. You understood there was a predictability with Falco. Nonetheless, Galtieri drops him in the second round. I understand there's some controversy. Right? Galtieri understood that Falco couldn't match his hand speed. So Galtieri, knowing that he had a hand speed advantage, knew how to frame it. So there are times where he just lets his hands go. The fight is in 
Galtieri's backyard. He lets his hands go. He's able to win the fight and win the title. But again, he's an ambush fighter. You know what I say. How do you beat an ambush fighter? You follow him after the ambush. For fighters' opponents who have foot speed, fighting an ambush fighter can actually be an advantage. Think Brian Castano trying to walk down Jamel Charlo, the first fight. Think about how successful he was. Charlo came in, threw shots, jumped out of the pocket, and Castano followed him. There are portions of that first fight where Castano has Charlo over by the ropes. It's only because of Charlo's comeback in the later part of that fight. But that fight ended as a draw. Right? Just understand that. Right? Now, Charlo, like Ray Leonard, a lot more power than Galtieri. In the rematch, Charlo's jumping in with power shots catches Castano. Right now here, if you're thinking power, just understand you're thinking John Abeck. I believe he has the foot speed to follow Galtieri after the ambush. John Abeck is a southpaw. He knows how to leverage the angles. In other words, he's unpredictable. He'll come over to you. You don't know when he's throwing the punch. He doesn't show you a lot of volume. So you're uncertain about where his southpaw punches are coming from. Let me also say, too, there's certain fighters, Eubank is one of them, by the way, who are great inside, right, in the pocket. Canelo, another guy, great in the pocket, right? Benavides, great in the pocket. What I want people to do is to add Janabek Alan Kaluli's name to the fighters in the sport who are great in the pocket. When this guy gets on a roll, he can step inside and, folks, he can take away your ribcage. He can step inside and he could make it hard for you to breathe, hard for you to get away. He can be hyper-aggressive, and it's interesting. Because when you watch him, the hyper-aggression is unexpected. In other words, he'll come out and he'll look laid back. He'll look content. He won't get in the fast lane. He'll stay in the middle lane. But when he gets in the fast lane, it's like Usain Bolt in the last 10 meters of the 200. I like Janabek in this fight. When I say I think he's the best at 160, you throw out the name. Right? The hitman, Jamal Charlo, I take Janabek. Triple G, now older. Janadi Golovkin, I'll take Janabek. You know, it's a shame that we are being denied the opportunity 
to have seen a younger Triple G against John Abeck. Folks, that would be a competitive fight. Right? Just understand, the press has its own agenda. In the press, you're going to sometimes read the kind of stories that promoters like that pub, the Connor Benz of the world that make excuses for his inability to pass a PED test, right? If you're a gambler who's actually interested in championship-level boxing and who dares to ask the question, who is the best in the middleweight division? Let me just say I'll give you an answer. It's John Abek Alim Kaluli. The bet I like here is John Abek simply to win. I'm expecting him to get a stoppage. But because I believe the only way, Il Capo, Vincenzo Galtieri, could win is by decision. I'm going to hedge the play with the over. Right? So I like John Abek. I would take John Abek over Chris Eubank. Understand, John Abeck himself is 30 years old. Eubank's a little bit older. I think Eubank's around 33. I don't blame older fighters for taking advantage of public misperceptions and fighting the Liam Smiths or Connor Benz of the world. Right? But I don't want anyone to confuse that with the top of the division. John Abeck, in my opinion, is at the top of the middleweight division. Don't be fooled by the low amount of fights that he's had, right? Just like you shouldn't have been fooled by the low amount of fights that Alexander Usyk had when he entered the heavyweight division. Just understand that John Abek was an amateur champ. He has an excellent amateur pedigree. He didn't succeed at the Olympics. Okay, fair enough. He's just learning English. I'm sure that has hurt his marketability in English-speaking markets. Right? But make no mistake, this guy is the real deal. Right? If Jamel Charlo beats Canelo, I'm wondering what he does because I don't believe he'll be able to lose the weight to get back down to 154. I'm sure Canelo has a rematch clause, right? But I do believe that if that fight breaks a certain way, Charlo might win with such a margin that Canelo might walk away from the rematch. So the question is, if you jump from 154 to 168, what do you do if you beat Canelo and you're free to fight whoever you'd like? Right? Do you fight Terence Crawford? Three weight classes up from Crawford's last fight at 147. Do you dare try to meet Crawford at 160? Because I'm just telling you, if that happens, if they somehow end up in Janabek's weight class, Oh, Nelly. Life's going to get interesting, right? Let me also point out, too, that if, and it's really 
part of a set of questions that need to be asked. If Jamel Charlo beats Canelo, does he segue to fight the winner of the Demetrius Andrade-David Benavides fight? Right? If not, why not? Right? Boxing, let's just say there's a lot of great gimmick-free, high-level, championship-level boxing out there. Too much for us to be distracted by the Conor Benz of the world. Right? Just understand, if your focus is championship-level boxing, you need to pay close attention to Janabek Alan Kaluli. In my opinion, he is the best at 160 pounds. It is a shame that when Chris Eubank was calling out fighters after beating Liam Smith, he didn't call out the best fighter at 160 pounds. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. Let me also say this too. John Abeck has had some tough looking fights. He's a little bit like Tyson Fury where, you know, Tyson Fury has had some fights where you're looking at Tyson Fury and you're thinking, wow, you know, did he win this fight? Right? You're looking at Tyson Fury and, oh, he's had to get up off the canvas. Oh, he, he was getting hit in some fights. I know there were a couple of fights Janabek had that were tough, that have created a lot of non-believers. If you're a non-believer, tell us about it and mention the fights in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.